Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, you're listening to a special E3 2019 Den of Geek podcast. Uh, I'm John Savedger, games editor at Den of Geek, and next to me is reporter and critic Bernard Boo. Uh, Bernard, how's your E3 been so far? I'm tired. Yeah. As are you. We're very tired, but <laughs> we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, before we started actually recording this, I said Den of Geek wrong like five times. I am that tired on day two. I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> fact. Yeah. Um, so this is your first C3. Yeah. Uh, what's that experience been like for you? Oh, it's been, it's been a great time. It's been a great time. It's hard work. Um, I was expecting that. You know, you hear a lot of E3 horror stories, but uh, I've been, you know, playing video games, getting sneak peeks at new video games. I really can't complain. Everyone's been really nice, including you two. Who I've, <laughs> Okay, so I've worked with these guys for a while, and uh, especially John. I, I, um, I've met you once before, but this is most time I've spent with John uh, in like the two years. Yeah. And, it's, and it's been the game. worst. Yeah, and he's, and he's <laughs> even worse in person, somehow. Um, How was your E3? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been the worst because you're here. Um, no, it's been really great. This is my fifth uh, E3, uh, so it's been sort of a milestone year for me. Mm. And it's been sort of a different experience uh, this year just for the fact that, you know, like Sony isn't on the floor this year and Activision isn't on the floor this year. You chose like a very like particular year to, to, to go to the show right before, you know, they're going to announce next gen consoles probably next year. Right. So it's like, it's a sleepy year. Yeah. It's a very sleepy year. Uh, so it's been what a good year. It's, it has it's been a good, a good year. year. It has been a good year. So it's been sort of chill. Like walking through the floor hasn't been that bad. I don't um, need hype, man. I don't, I just need good games. <laughs> and we've seen some. We've, we've seen, seen a lot some. of good games. Uh, the only conference we caught together was the Nintendo conference, and that was the only one. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the only one worth watching, but it was the best one. It was the best one. Uh, lots to be happy about coming out of that conference. Shall we dive in? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. So, uh, the first, one of the first things we did on day one was, uh, visit the Nintendo booth, uh, and we got to try their whole lineup. Well, I got to try most of it. Bernard got to play some of it. Yeah, um, jumped in. Yeah, but uh, uh, we played The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. We played uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Pocket uh, Monsters Sword and Shield. <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mario and Sonic Olympics at the Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020. Correct. Um, we surfed. We skateboarded. We did all the things. Archery. I played no, as we Don- didn't surf. <laughs> we didn't surf. That's like the one surf. thing. That's the one thing. Uh, so did. like the thing with Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo demos, which they're great. They're so nice, but uh, they all time out at 15 minutes. So it's whatever you can do within 15 minutes. It's pretty common uh, at E3, I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 uh, tough to get everything in. Uh, but what we did play uh, was super fun. Uh, I can't stress enough how great the new art style and the new soundtrack and just the new like refined gameplay on Link's, Link's Awakening looks. Right. Um, Adorable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you like, did anything stand out to you? Like while you were watching? Yeah. Like all of it looked really good. Link's Awakening, uh, Pokemon. I mean, I think a lot of us who are fans of that series, we've been waiting on that kind of game to come out on the switch. Sure. And, uh, that it looks awesome. Uh, Link's, Link's Awakening. I love how stylized it looks. Uh, Luigi's Mansion was probably my favorite thing just because, uh, our old, so good. Our old pal Luigi is <laughs> the best so brother. Overlooked, even though he got, he got a whole year. Remember that? No, no one remembers the year of Luigi. <laughs> Obviously. That's the whole point of the year of Luigi. No, but seriously, that game, I mean, that, the concept of that, the original game in that, in that series of Luigi's Mansion is so brilliant. Uh, the original GameCube game is still one of the best, like best looking games. If you look, if you look at old footage from the GameCube game, that game looks great. Really great lighting effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that aesthetic is carried over into into the sequel. I love yeah, that. and I, I love the new Poltergust and how you can you know slam enemies and and you know find secrets and throw plungers. Like I just I think uh, uh, the gameplay is like super fun and like the game the art style is super charming. Uh, and Luigi, obviously, the nice touch of him, like, going, Mario! Like, you know, just sort of looking for his brother in this haunted house. It's my childhood, uh, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Childhood. it's It was really, really great to I play. mean, I'm a little older than that, actually. Like, <laughs> Mario Brothers 1 is my childhood, too. So, but yeah, um, also my childhood. Yeah, and then we played... I played Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, uh, struggled at it at first, because we did... I did a long puzzle, like, a color-coded puzzle, where, like, this these water cannons were coming down, and you had a like water bears and you sort of had to like circumvent them by pressing these different buttons and kind of getting the right combination of the right waterfall color with the right button to try to get you say buttons button yeah i like that it was a button right how do you say it i mean this is exaggerated but i say button button yeah i can say i can say button for you no i like it i like Button. button button yeah anyways uh so you have to press the right button uh, and I'm just gonna try right, to throw him off this whole time <laughs> and get the right waterfall. Uh, um, so that was like interesting little aspect that I hadn't really encountered. I mean, I haven't played some of the newer Pokemon games, so I don't know if like uh, puzzling has been a part of gyms for a long time. I think actually, I think Red and Blue probably had sort of puzzles like when they were like uh, in the uh, Team Rocket base or whatever it was called back then. Um, but that was interesting, and then we got to, and then I got to battle Nessa. And uh, that was really fun. I got to use the Dynamax system, uh, which is sort of the uh, the new mechanic in the combat system where you can make your Pokemon turn into this sort of like hulking beast. And, you know, these two giant Pokemon fight it out. Uh, we have to talk about it. <laughs> we have to. No, no, no. Um, so <laughs> we recorded... <laughs> we recorded some, uh, uh, I was recording some voiceover for a Nintendo video, and I unfortunately, completely innocently. Inadvertently. Inadvertently wrote, like, some of the best Pokemon erotica ever written. I can't remember the exact line, I bet you do though. It was about the Dynamax system. Yeah. And it was about your pocket monster turning <laughs> into a hulking giant. Yeah, and it was accurate. That's exactly what happens in, in the gameplay. Completely innocent. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I was trying to say anything more than that. It yeah. was literally... We heavily edited that edited that. Yes, clip, yes. I had to do it like five times I kept laughing. But <laughs> but yeah, no. Anyways, the point is the Dynamax system is great. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Pokemon. Uh, I can't decide which game I liked best. I think it's, for me, it was definitely either Link's Awakening or Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm. But, uh, oh, we haven't talked about Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I like that as well. Yeah. Although I felt like... You know, it's it's a it's great to see how it sort of 
keeps the same aesthetic of the first two. It's very much like a, you know, a melee brawler. But I felt like the presentation could have been a little bit improved between, you know, the last game, which I forget how many years ago it came out, to now. For sure. It, like, the screen gets cluttered really easily, and it's, hard, like, easy for you to lose track of. Yeah, like, if, the, you know, there are four heroes playing at one time, and then if the heroes get kind of, like, there's too much distance between heroes and they get yeah. too far apart, you just kind of get warped back to whoever's in front. Yeah. And it's really disorienting and yeah. not a lot of fun. Yeah, you kind of you kind of lose track of where you are and what you're doing and... Uh, Did you, that happened to you too. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I lost track of who I was at the time. Like I was, I was, I played as I picked Black Panther, and who are you? Like who did you start? Captain on? Marvel. Captain Marvel, right? And I kept losing track of Black Panther. Like, Same. You know, I would like the easiest thing for me was just switching to another hero because you can switch between yeah. the four heroes on your team. And uh, why was sort it confused? Because it was color coded. Like that's I true. was blue, that's you were true. red. You just well, like, you know what it was. Once the uh, the hand showed up and they were just red, I was the red. Mm. Icon, so yeah. it's kind of like I, I started getting disoriented because I couldn't keep track of. But I think overall, I actually had fun playing that game. Yeah, yeah. What did you like about it? It's just it's a couch co-op beat 'em up. Yeah, it, I, I, you know, yeah. like every we all know the joys of couch co-op beat 'em ups. Like we've all done that, played those games a million times. There's nothing wrong with that. I, mean, I had a good time playing with you. Yeah, no, that was really fun. Um, and obviously, uh, moving on from Nintendo, you also spent some time with Shenmue Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your takeaways from that? Obviously, a very highly anticipated sequel uh, that most of us never thought would ever actually get made. Yeah, it's um, just kind of a victory that it's even getting made, right? Like, you know, it, we, I, we won't run through it, but there was a whole Kickstarter campaign, and Yu Suzuki's like really passionate about bringing this series back. I know a lot of fans are happy about it being back. It's coming back November nineteenth mm-hmm. uh, this fall. I got to play fifteen minutes of it uh, with. A, Rep from Deep Silver, I believe, the, the, mm-hmm. the publishing company. I think he was from Deep Silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, this, so Shenmue 2 came out in like 2001, right? The first one came out in 99. Yeah. Second one came out in 2001. This looks like it came out in 2003. It's probably a little better than that. Like <laughs> visual, I'm talking about visually. Like probably looks technically better than that. But overall, it felt like this game came out in 2003 and I was just like, taking it out of a time capsule and, mm-hmm. and plugging it in and playing it. Yeah, the visuals aren't great, but they stay true to the the games that came out generations ago. <laughs> you sure, know, sure. And that's worth something, because I know a lot of fans will really appreciate that and maybe prefer that. Uh, I didn't. I wanted to see something that was updated for, to 2019 standards. I think that game would look gorgeous with sure. uh, a bigger budget, which they couldn't help. You know, the, Yeah, that's like something that was inevitable. Uh, I don't think any... I mean... I definitely didn't expect a sort of like next gen visual upgrade. Right. But it, it wasn't only the sort of, I mean, like what you said, like the visual continuity might be a plus in some, you know, older fans' eyes. Uh, but it wasn't just the visuals, right? Like, what did you think of the combat? I know you mentioned some stuff before. Well, you know, okay. So before the combat, I mean, I, like I said, it looks like the other games. It also feels like the other games. The environments, mm-hmm. what's so beautiful about, about this series is that the environments are so dense and detailed and, and Rio can, uh, interact with these little inconsequential items throughout the game world that really make the world feel alive and um, really explorable in an intimate way, not like an open world, like big way. It's like mm-hmm. an intimate uh, exploration thing. Um, I like that. It felt just like the other titles, which is a great thing. But yes, the combat was like atrocious. Yeah. Um... I, yeah. I wrote in my, in my hands on uh, impressions that I honestly, most of the time felt like I was not in direct control of Rio. That's about like that's about <laughs> as bad as it gets. I did not feel like I was actually doing anything. Just like not responsive. 
That's an understatement. I honestly <laughs> felt I would I had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which was a bummer because I actually enjoyed the combat in the first three. two games. I was really uh, based off Virtual Fighter, uh, which is which was great. You know, uh, fighting game series, and I sure. love the, the mechanics in that game. But now it's like really button mashing. Yeah, and I like. I also wonder just sort of what a modern Shenmue looks like in light of. You know the Yakuza. ten thousand Yakuza games that have come out. No, it looks out. like Yakuza. And that's the time, what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like, it's it just seems like a tough sell. You know, at this point, yeah. after they've made sort of the spiritual successor, uh, uh, a You're more right. modern version of that same sort of gameplay and you know mechanics. Uh, you that's know, a you, great point. You can go and sit in a restaurant all day in Yakuza and do nothing else, and then mm-hmm. go to sleep just like you could. In, On the other hand, I have you know I'm happy this game's coming because I have no doubt. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to be very happy to play this game. Yeah. It might not be me, but I'm very happy for the fans who are finally getting to return to this place as well. And I mean, there's obviously some good news out of, out of E3, you know, the fact that they still have some months to get this all fixed. With Shenmue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they were originally going to launch in August, and I, right. now they've moved to November, you Push said. Push it back for a reason. So, you know, they have, they have a couple more months to sort of get it right. But I also tried a Blast from the Past, uh, at the, uh, Konami booth. I tried Contra Rogue Core. Yes. Tell uh, me about it. That was, uh, it was interesting. You know, it's not a side scroller, obviously. It's a twin stick shooter, a top down twin stick shooter. Um, that makes so much sense. It does, it does for Contra, but it also suffers a little bit from the same issues that Shenmue faces. Ooh. The sort of, uh, uh, dated presentation, I would say. Uh, it looks like an Xbox Live, you know, Xbox 360, or maybe even like an X, original Xbox, Xbox Live games, you know, like that very specific aesthetic yes. that those games had back in the day. Yes. It kind of looks like that. It's very, it's a very indie version of a Contra game, okay. which there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but like, I'd rather maybe play Blazing Chrome, which is an actual indie style Contra game, mm. um, or Contra inspired anyway. It's the Yakuza. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's way more indie than Yakuza, obviously, but, right. uh, I can see how it'd be a lot of fun with, more than one person. I played it by myself and okay. these really nice, like Konami puts out these really beautiful cabinets with, you know, for Contra and it was really fun to play it on that. But yeah, I played it by myself and, uh, there, are, the, 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 the highlight of it was definitely like the colorful characters. It's like there's a panda dude. I forget his name. There's just one guy who like is a giant reptile or it's reptile or slug. And his name is just gentleman. And he speaks like in a very proper English accent. Lovely. As he's about to like eat your face off. He's like <laughs> the most like body horror, horrific character. But he's a total gentleman. That's great. Um, so yeah, like the characters are like, they, they sort of like approached it in the sort of a uh, hero shooter sort of aesthetic, you know, where like every character has his own abilities, his right. own specific personality. And you know, you can sort of mix and match their guns like so for example they start off with you know generic not generic but like their own specific loadouts uh so there's obviously like the beefy you know gun toting dude who's just about you know spraying bullets across the map but you could easily swap out his gun uh with uh the slug dude's laser Mm. and you know go about it that way so i thought that was really interesting like the customizability with that but uh yeah i just think that it suffers a little bit in the presentation it'd be fun to play like in the office you know, like it's a right. cool again a couch co-op game. Um, I think Marvel Ultimate Alliance would be a little bit better as a couch co-op game, but mm. um, but this was totally fun. It was it was good. Nice. You know, like 
I'm just glad they're making a Contra game. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing offensive about it, I guess is what I would say. Okay. But anyways, moving on. Uh, what else have you tried? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oof. That's the big one, isn't it? That's a big boy. Yeah. At the conference. Yeah. Um, and it is a big boy because it it is two discs of like the first like four, like 10% of the game, right? Because it's only yeah. taking place at Midgar. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> if you guys don't know, Square said that uh, this first game, which will be the size of uh, any numbered Final Fantasy game that's come out like, like in recent years, it's going to be a full-size game. But as far as it being a remake, it only covers Midgar, which is about 10% of the original game. It's a really small portion of it. So that calls into question, uh, honestly, whether or not Square Enix is going to be able to finish this story and finish this game. I think that, that that's tough. I, it will have yeah. to cross over into the next generation for sure. Yeah. And perhaps into the next generation. And that's where things rate. get blurry, man. Like when it, when it comes time to like, oh, we have to now figure out titles for, you know, the PS6. You know, that's yeah. where like things get, you know, thrown to the side. I mean, I, I don't mean to be like salty about Square Enix development times, but I am pretty salty about Square Enix development times because why do you announce things so early if you're not going to have them ready for like six years? So. But that's a yeah. fair point. But but I played Final Fantasy VII Remake for 15 minutes and I was ecstatic. I was really happy because uh, as a fan of the originals, I mean, I'm not as precious about the original game as a lot of people are, but I loved it when I was a kid. And jumping into this demo, just like I said in my I, my hands on uh, impressions, which you guys should read on the site. Even though there are new mechanics, modern mechanics, like the combat feels very similar to like Final Fantasy XV, mm-hmm. the active time battle thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but the but the new mechanics are good. They're very different. But my point is, the game feels like Final Fantasy VII. It has the vibe of the original game, which is what made that game so magical. And as long as this new iteration feels like the original, I think that's like more than half of the battle, you know, because that, that's going to make people happy in itself, that it feels like they're revisiting uh, the, a place and a story and characters that they knew and loved. It felt like the same place. Uh, what, what what sort of stuff did you see in Midgar while you were... I mean, you only got 15 minutes. I don't yeah, know. So, it, so it takes place in the Mako reactor. The first... Uh, mm-hmm. Or Mako? Is it Mako? <laughs> it might be Mako, honestly, but I think I'm going by, like, Mass Effect I think they said Mako. So, okay, so, so Mako. it's in the Mako reactor, and you're going in there with Barrett uh, doing an eco-terrorist heist thing where you're planting a bomb, you know. And uh, as in the first game, you encounter the kind of iconic Scorpion, Guard Scorpion boss, uh, that robotic... You know, scorpion-like mm-hmm. thing with the tail. Yeah. But now, man, the battle is so epic and layered and complex, and really um, caters to the new mechanics. Like uh, Cloud is going in for like melee stuff. You use Cloud for that, and Barrett is a ranged fighter. Mm-hmm. So when the scorpion creates distance between it and you guys, you use Barrett. You can switch between Cloud and Barrett uh, uh, freely throughout the battles, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, using Barrett to take down ranged enemies while Cloud gets up close and personal and kind of finding a rhythm, switching between them is a lot of fun. Yeah, and like, I think that the theme that is, what I've been hearing a lot about 7 Remake is the fact that it's not only a remake, it's a reimagining, it sounds like. That's a better word. You know, that is a better word because it just seems like the focus is expansion. Just making it, you know, what they couldn't do back in the 90s, they're going to do now with this game. 
I don't know if this is like bad to say, but they might. Nothing be, is bad to say. They might this. be making it better. Yeah. It felt better. Honestly, like it looks better. That's a hot take right there. It feels like the combat feels good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, it feels like a definitive version of that story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, so uh, next up is Bethesda. I spent uh, all morning, a very early 9 a.m. meeting at Bethesda, uh, and I'm not complaining because the two games I played were awesome. Uh, I played uh, Doom Eternal and I played uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, and they were both uh, really fun. And obviously these are sequels, so these are things, you know, there's there's certain gameplay elements that are obviously expected. The fast-paced shooting of Doom Eternal and the sort of uh, balls-to-the-wall violence of uh, Wolfenstein. Uh, but they both had certain surprising uh, factors. I don't know if you did. You get to see the trailers at all, or yeah, the announcements. Yeah. Um, so with Wolfenstein, it's really interesting because it's sort of a. Have you played Far Cry Blood Dragon? The sort of yes, spin-off yes, series yes. of, was great. of yeah. Far Cry Three. So this is the same sort of uh, a feeling where it's a spin-off, but you're not sure if it's in continuity. I don't know if, I don't know if they've actually said. I think the lines are kind of blurred. If whether mm. this is actually you know a future installment or if. It's sort of an alternate universe sort of thing, like uh, Blood Dragon was. Uh, but basically, it stars uh, Jess and Sophie Blaskowitz. Uh, Blaskowitz? Blaskowitz. Blaskowitz, right? BJ's uh, twin daughters. And uh, I got to see certain chunks of the story. It, ha- it It's very cinematic in its storytelling. Uh, and I was actually really surprised by the depth of the two main characters. Mm. Uh, also, I'm telling this all out of order. I should say that it's a co-op game. Which is new for Wolfenstein. It's usually, you know, a lone wolf first person shooter. Uh, and this time around, they've sort of added this co-op, uh, mechanic so that you can play with a friend. Uh, and that means they throw twice the enemies at you. It's, you know, twice as challenging, but super, super fun to work in sort of a team environment. Um, you know, Bethesda does this sort of mandatory checkpoint thing where, like, it needs both of you to open the door, it needs both of you to open a crate, it needs sure. both of you to pull, you know, the valve or whatever. So, you know, so you do have to really use the, 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 the team-based sort of thing. But the highlight for me were the actual characters. Like, Jess and Sophie haven't killed anyone before uh, the first mission. They're sort of, they, you know, they do a sort of cinematic where... They are uh, practicing shooting with their dad and they're sort of training and all that. Like they're being trained to be, you know, Nazi killing badasses, I think is actual quote that they say (laughs) in in, in the, in the, in the cinematics. But I found that so, 
sort of charming and captivating the sense that, you know, instead of, you know, getting, having BJ just, you know, walk in and start shooting everybody and murdering everything. Cause that's what he does, right? Like you don't really need that much characterization for him. Um, you do get a lot of that with the twins. And I thought mm. that was, I thought that was really, uh, really interesting. And, you know, it's, it's really fun to watch them sort of evolve in that way. You know, like obviously again, the, the cinematics, uh, jumped from one thing to them already being on a mission sort of abruptly, I think on purpose, just so that you don't get right. the full story of what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that the gameplay was really strong, uh, but the storytelling was even stronger. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm really excited because, I mean, I'm not going to knock Wolfenstein's storytelling because I, I think that the first, the last two games have been great. Uh, but this one, I don't know. I think they've really upped it. You know, just mm. changing the protagonist, I think, really, really helped. Seems a little more humanistic. Yeah, that's exactly how I would put it. You're so eloquent, man. Well, I had been thinking about that word for the past two months. <laughs> As I was talking, I found I'm gonna it. Drop, I'm going to drop in humanistic. I'm going to pretend to be smart for a <laughs> um, And then I did uh, Doom Eternal, which is yes. the total opposite. That's just yes. like, you know, all hell's, you know, broken loose. And you're doing all this cool stuff with chainsaws and machine guns and plasma rifles and uh, 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 flamethrowers, you know. Every single weapon you can possibly think I'm of so is in that game, and it is uh, insane. Um, one of the really cool things that they've added, obviously besides the settings, you know, they're doing... Uh, you're back on Mars for a little bit, and uh, you're going to be uh, on Earth. That's like the big location in this one, you know, sort of going back to the, the Hell on Earth days. But, you know, you're also going to visit actual Hell. Uh, apparently, you're also going to visit actual Heaven, in the game for the very first time in the series, um, which, you know, I don't know what that's going to be like, um, wow. but I'm sure it's going to be insane. But one of the things that they re- they added to the game that I really, really liked was the resource management uh, element, uh, which is basically uh, based on the way that you choose to kill a demon. That's the sort of resource that, that you get back. So, you know, if you chainsaw... Uh, a, a demon down, you get uh, life. Uh, if you use a flamethrower, I think you get armor. Uh, it's sort of like that sort of mechanic. Uh, if you do a a special ability kill, I think that's actually life. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you sort of have to you know plan on the go because uh, one of the things that's really really challenging, and I think I was playing it on normal, your life can be depleted really quickly, and you know you basically have to immediately switch. You know, if you were using a rocket launcher, immediately you have to go up close and personal and try to get one of those finisher kills. Oh, great. You know what I'm saying? And that's That's how you get your life back. Um, uh, The chainsaw for ammo, actually. Uh, um, So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, They also added a lot more platforming, which was the one issue I had with the demo. Um, And actually, Marty Stratton, who I talked to, who's who's an exec producer at id, he was telling me that they were actually very aware of that. And they were as, you know, as we speak, fixing the sort of distance that you need to be at from a uh, rock wall before you can climb it. Mm. Um, so what was happening to me is, was that I was like, you, there's like, there's a lot of little pl- platforming, little islands uh, above Mars. And you have to sort of platform from one wall to the other to get to the next objective. And I kept dashing towards the wall 
And instead of it's the right stick, which is also melee. So you can kind of see how oh. that might be. Like I, I think it's either they have to fix, you know, the distance between, you know, where you like how far you have to be from the wall before you attach to it. Or I don't know, the maybe change the button because uh, every time I was getting close to the wall, I would melee instead of grabbing onto anything. So I just kept dying. I can over imagine over. that. Yeah, I can imagine. What um, that's like. Yeah, it was a very sad display, but um, I beat I beat it. I beat the demo. So yeah, uh, so that was really great. Um, all in all, really great time with Bethesda. Impressed with Bethesda? Uh, yes, very impressed. Um, I can't say the same about their conference. But the two demos I played... I'm over conferences, man. Yeah. I'm just... I care about the games. <laughs> How good are the games? No, no. And these these two are really great. Great. Um, yeah. I interviewed... Uh, actually, I interviewed Marty Stryan uh, and Hugo Martin uh, from id. Uh, and you'll see that on denageek.com, if not this week, next week. And you'll see that they had some like really interesting things to say about the game. Uh, and they're obviously very excited about it. Uh, and after talking to them and after playing, I'm very excited for Doom Eternal. But yeah, so... Yeah, earlier today, probably the biggest thing I saw was uh, hands-off but live gameplay demo of the Avengers game from Crystal Dynamics and, and Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was... this You know, big news here. Uh, you know, this, this is a franchise that people love. Mm-hmm. And they know these characters. And these... The characters... The versions of this... The characters in this game obviously look a lot like the uh, MCU mm-hmm. characters. So they're Do in- they, though? They're invoking... I mean, enough that you know they're going for the... They're, they're inspired I mean, the team's it. exactly the same, right? Like, they, I don't think they've Sam's made any variations. Hawkeye, oh, that's right. He's missing. But I know why after seeing the live demo. So, oh, okay. So in the live demo, they it, it's... The game's going to be multiplayer, but they didn't show any of that today. They just showed single-player campaign action using the five uh, main character, five main members of the Avengers. Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, and... Captain America? Captain America. How Did you forget Captain America? Steve Rogers. <laughs> um, but what was really impressive to me was that each of these characters played, like, extraordinarily differently from one another, just going off of similar games that have multiple characters like like the Marvel the other Marvel game we played where the characters have maybe different ability sets mm-hmm. or move sets mm-hmm. but they play the same yeah they essentially yeah. play the same it depress like the same two buttons yeah that's this, pretty much it this game Iron Man flies around and it looks kind of like Anthem in a good way in a good way in a good way yeah you know you're flying around in this mech suit and it looks it looks awesome it looks fast and powerful Thor is just busting things up with his hammer and like really dominating and destroying these humans uh, these these kind of like measly humans that are in his way Black Widow she plays a lot like you know this is Crystal Dynamics she played, looked like the gameplay was similar to uh, a Lara Croft uh, Tomb Raider thing where she's got the the dual wielded pistols and she's running and jumping off things and that, that that looked really similar to to Tomb Raider to me where mm-hmm. she's like there's like this natural disaster going on around her and she's just like running and ducking and diving mm-hmm. uh, to, to get to safety or to to do something else to attack the big bat uh, Hulk super destructive and fun to play basically my point is gameplay wise doesn't seem like there's room for a Hawkeye in that equation <laughs> because he's very he would be very similar to, to Black Widow mm-hmm you know, like they, they would, it would kind of feel like they, I think that they would play quite similarly. So 
gameplay wise, there's no reason to have two characters that are that similar. Sure. I think that's why he's not included in that five person team. Um, uh, and obviously this was just a hands off, uh, theater demo, but did you notice any sort of Easter eggs, like any other little Marvel nerdy things in the video? No, it's, you know, as far as Easter, egg, I, I, I definitely, I'm sure I missed some. I mean, Taskmaster is, is in the demo. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It was like a really awesome character from the comics. And I think mm-hmm. it, it speaks a lot to the tone of the game, which is a little maybe sillier than the movies or, sure. yeah, a little less grounded in reality. Sure. Um, but uh, as far as Easter eggs, no, it, it seemed more to just aesthetically and tonally reference the movies, mm-hmm. which could be a good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for the demo, part of the, some of the dialogue works, some didn't for me. Um, but what I, the big takeaway from Avengers is that I came away feeling like if you divorce yourself from the Marvel thing and like how precious the MCU is to us at this point in time when we've just gone through all these 22 or 23 movies that a lot of people really uh, loved, if you can divorce yourself from that attachment, the game looks good. It looks like a fun game. Mm-hmm. If it, yeah, just block all that out. And I can't wait to play it. That's the thing. But if you're going into it expecting to like kind of geek out about Marvel stuff, you might you might be disappointed. I'm not sure. Uh, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I wasn't super enthused with the this year was a bad year for cinematic trailers in general. Yeah. Um, the conferences like they like I don't think anyone really nailed you know cinematic trailers, which is why everyone should just do gameplay trailers. I I would think that's Agreed. like pretty self explanatory. That is. You don't have enough to show gameplay. Just don't reveal your game. Mm. I don't know. That's always been my sort of attitude. Like, I don't understand why games... I understand why games get announced, you know, three, four years out or whatever, but why? Yeah. Um, so I was I was, I was, was uh, a little disappointed, but hearing you talk about it now... Uh, I liked what I saw. It okay. looked fun. Okay. Um, just real quickly, uh, you know, a few things I, I, I... Other things I saw just, you know, rapid fire. I saw the new Modern Warfare reimagining, which was... From Infinity Ward, which was, uh, it was a theater demo as well, you know, a gameplay demo, but in a theater setting hands off. Mm-hmm. Uh, lights went out, and it, me and the rest of the press that were in that room, what we saw from that demo rattled us. Everyone mm-hmm. felt a little emotionally on edge after that, that, um, demo. So th- that's like maybe the, the best thing I can say about that is it, it emotionally kind of jarred me, which was, was something else. Violent. Disconcerting, uh, morally challenging. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that game. Plus, it's super gorgeous. Psychonauts two. I'm so happy. I think the first Psychonauts game came out at the wrong time. There wasn't really an audience for it at the time. Mm-hmm. It was really kind of heady stuff, like like low key, really right. deep stuff and profound. Mm-hmm. Now I think gamers are ready for a Psychonauts two. Uh, the game's super stylized. Looks beautiful. The dialogue's really funny through and through. It doesn't feel like fake funny, like maybe sure. the Avengers game kind of felt like <laughs> at times. Psychonauts, genuinely funny, genuinely fun, so imaginative. Uh, can't wait to play that one. And then I spoke to Sam Barlow. Uh, here's my like mm-hmm. deep cut here. I spoke to Sam Barlow, who, of course, was behind her story, a kind of groundbreaking uh, narrative-based game, investigative game. Talked to him about his new title, Telling Lies, which takes the concept of her story and really expands it. Mm -hmm. It's ambitious. It's audacious, intricate, exciting, 
this is a new form of storytelling that Sam Barlow is mm-hmm. is exploring here, which. Uh, if you read some of my stuff on Den of Geek, you know that excites me to no end. And it yeah. was a pleasure talking to him. That that interview will be up on the site soon. I encourage you guys to check that out. Um, okay, and we'll close it at this. What was your favorite game of the show? If you had to pick one right now, first thing you think of. That I played or that I, like, anything? Anything, yeah. Telling lies. Wow. <laughs> you, you, I mean, that's great, honestly. Like, uh... Uh, there were so many big AAA games that it's nice to see an indie game get a little love. Yeah, this is this is you know kind of he's on the precipice of a new form of storytelling and and nothing excites me more than that. So that was my favorite. Okay, um, well my favorite was probably honestly Wolfenstein Youngblood. That's so um, cool. So I'm like dude. the complete opposite of you. I'm like the biggest AAA game of the year, or whatever. Like super. Uh, Excited about that. Um, and actually Link's Awakening, too. I'd say it's a, yeah. a tie between, like, family-friendly and family-killing everybody. Yeah, as a, I guess as a whole, Nintendo is, like, my highlight of the sure. show. If, if we're taking in everything sure. that they brought to the table, mm-hmm. they knocked it out of the park. What a cliche, but they really did. <laughs> I mean, I guess that falls in line with... Nintendo would tell that joke on one of, <laughs> one of their directs, so I, I'll say that they knocked it out of the park. Um... Hats off to Nintendo, man. They really killed it yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Nintendo was uh, amazing. But you can read way, way more of those reactions uh, on denofgeek.com. Uh, Bernard, where can we find you on Twitter? BJ underscore boo. That's very easy to remember. Uh, I'm John SJR9. Uh, and again, you can read all of our reactions uh, and upcoming features and interviews from E3 2019 on denofgeek.com. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.